talking with words. Welcome back to Talking With Words. You're here with Rob. David. Ryan. And we are going to watch a classic tonight, Starship Troopas. One of the best films of all time. Yes. Which has the shortest description on IMDb I've ever seen in my life. If you haven't seen this movie, you're probably younger than us by a lot. But it's described as humans in a fascist, fascist, Military, holistic, future, wage war with giant bugs. The end. What do you think the parents would think of this, David? Uh, so I actually love this one because it has a qualifier. Um, it's rated R for graphic sci-fi violence. Very important. And gore. Um, so it's got moderate sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, uh, mild profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and severe frightening and intense scenes. I'm just going to go through a quick rundown of some of these people that are in this because there's a lot of people in this. Denise Richards, Jake Busey, Clancy Brown, Neil Patrick Harris, Seth Gilliam, uh, Michael Ironside, uh, Rue McLennan, uh, if you might know, is one of the Golden Girls. Uh, Dean you for, Morris. You forgot the star. I did. I'm going back to him. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, Dean Norris, Breaking Bad, and, of course, Casper Van Dien is Johnny Rico. <laughs> and Dina Meyer is Dizzy, who I loved until I turned 16 and realized she was a faker. That's harsh. No, I still love her. I'm joking. I'm just bitter about it. All right. This movie is two hours and nine minutes, so we'll see you then. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's it. Anything you want to add? Let's, I can wait until after we've watched Okay, it. we can do that. <laughs> I will see you in a minute. Hey, folks, we're back. We just watched Starship Troopers, and, man, I forgot how amazing that film was. In, so good. In, in the best B-movie kind of way. You guys have seen it more recently than me, so you guys start off with this one, and I'm going to just jump in on your uh, thighs. Okay. Um, well, let, let me just uh, start with this, because I think this sets the tone perfectly. Um, because I've seen this movie so much, I was looking at a little bit of trivia uh, while we were watching it, and the thing that really stood out to me is that apparently they used more ammunition in this movie than in any movie before it. Which really? Is, yeah, which is pretty fitting. Which, what year uh, is this? 97. Uh, yeah. Damn. But it also makes sense because they are very inaccurate when they fire. Um, well, and as we talked about in the beginning of the movie, you can't kill a bug no matter how many shots you fire at it. And then at the end, it just takes like nine shots and you can right. kill one. But No uh, consistency. I mean... I'm trying to think of movies that would have had more, like, other than war movies. Like, we mentioned uh, Aliens yeah. multiple times, which was the Century Guns and all that. I, I could see that. I mean, but, but there's so many about so many scenes in this, yeah, where they're just constantly firing. Um, and they don't have to reload. But there's it's no John Wick. Yeah. It's, it's great to think back when this movie came out, um, because it's, it's pure satire. The entire film was satire, and people did not get it. <laughs> Like they, they thought it was just a serious action movie and they disliked it because of that. They didn't pick up on the fact that it's 
it is mocking fascist regimes. Um, you know, they, they've created this, this world where um, everyone's beautiful, but nothing goes well. You know, they're, they're all inept. Yeah. Which, I'll just cut all this part out. Is yeah. that the fan going on in there? Is that yeah. I just leave it on? Yeah. Thank you. Filler, filler. Filler, filler. Da, 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 da. Yeah, you, you point it that way. Like, filler, filler. Da, 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 filler. Da, 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 filler, 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 and filler. Yeah, continue. What were you saying? Ah, I've lost my train of thought. It, uh, Satire. Yeah, it, yeah. It um, was just making fun of, or really, it was, it was an anti-fascist movie, and the best way to do that is to create a fascist regime that just doesn't work. And it's just comically bad. When they marketed it as an action movie too, didn't they? I mean, this was the same time yeah. as like a lot of other sci-fi yeah. stuff was really popular. So and it was also during the golden age of movies where everyone who played a high schooler had to be at least thirty-seven. Yeah, you know, <laughs> which was made the ending of this even funnier because you've got all these kids that show up because suddenly they've lost so many people by you know, having them all die attacking these bug planets that now kids can't spend 20 years in high school. Yeah. They've, they've lowered the uh, recruitment age to 13. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I remember uh, in college hearing a trivia question, like uh, why were there more women on earth uh, during whatever generation than any other generation? And it was because of world war two. Yeah. But then she got chicks. So it's an equal opportunity death scenario in the future. I, I wish Taylor was also, here. I would, I would love to get his his perspective on that. As a woman, as a, as a woman, he would love to die, <laughs> or his uh, he'd love to be a uh, a citizen. Yes, which they're not soldiers; they're citizens. Um, so some other little funny things. And I'm sorry, Brian. I guess I'm kind of cutting you off here. Um, but I, I love the fact that they have some crazy rendering software. <laughs> their school where they're able to just draw a picture and it animates itself. But uh, as, as we discussed during, during the actual movie, all of their ships seem to be running on MS DOS. Um, yeah. The, uh, the sport they play is some sort of mix between football and Cirque du Soleil or something. You know, they're out there just doing all these crazy acrobatics it's done um, on a basketball gym too. Yeah, what, what what did you what did you call it? Footskitball. Footskitball. Yes, it's like football yeah. on an indoor basketball. I like it. Yeah. And then there's the fact that you've got this guy who is complaining that he has to go to Harvard, and that's just not what he wants to do. It's already been proven that he is not good at math at all. Like he's not he's not that smart. He he has no academic achievements. And what would it cost him to go to Harvard? Do you think? But he's uh, those parents are rich. It doesn't matter. Yeah, probably someone else's arm and leg is is how that would work out. <laughs> and then <laughs> one really small, funny thing that stood out to me is there's a commercial uh, during this because the whole thing is laid out like a a, a news program. You get the propaganda machine yeah. going the entire time, yeah. And there's a commercial where they're asking, this guy pops up and he says uh, do you, something like, do you think you're psychic or could you be psychic? <laughs> and it's the it's one of the cast members from the TV show Psych. Uh, you know, years before he's in it. Just um, rode that train for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, I've, I've been uh, rambling on, so, Ryan. So, uh, back to your comment about a bunch of four-year-olds in high school. Yeah. 
So they were in high school, but that high school football game where they're playing or the footskitball game. Yes. Um, afterwards, I still don't understand the Xander guy. I've seen this movie 37 times and he's, he talks about it at the end of the game. He's like, well, tonight's my last night as a civilian. I'm going to be a citizen tomorrow. And then he shows up 20 minutes later to the dance in full attire. He's already a, uh, a teacher's assistant for flight school, even like, though was he, uh, was he that at the, I don't, I don't know if he was that there, but he had yeah. his uniform on at the dance yeah, after yeah, the football had, game when he wasn't, when he was still technically a civilian. Yes. So either that's the most advanced ROTC program ever created or. Well, in a, in a fascist future society, if you have your uniform on, I mean, you're going to get laid. That's true. I, I think he's, he's but somebody's older brother. Do, does putting the uniform on also teach you how to fly a spaceship? Clearly not. I think, well, he was, he was visibly older than the rest of the casts in, in my opinion. So I, I think he was in his late sixties. in this movie. <laughs> at, at least. <laughs> um, I, I think he was, you know, yeah, like somebody's older brother. on the high school football team. Yeah. Well, he showed up and he was like, Hey, let, let me play. And they said, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, he's just that kind of older creep that wants to hang out with, uh, the, uh, high schoolers that are in their twenties. Yeah. Uh, he gets older and they stay the same age. Like, and Uncle Steven. Um, Actually, I, I think in this movie, they got older, but they stayed in the same grade <laughs> is what was going on. That they clearly happened. Yeah. So before we keep going on, we're, we're jumping around a lot. Yeah. Let's go back to our chronological uh, breakdown like we usually do here. And we're already talking about the high school. Uh, the class and Michael Ironside being the teacher who later pops up to be the... Uh, was he the lieutenant? Was yeah. He the... Yes. Can we talk about his arm for a second real quick? Please do. Because in the class, his arm was cut off above the elbow and it looked kind of like a python. Like, uh, it went above the elbow. It was it was just below. It was like a little... It was, it was a little nub on after the... And then we see him later. His arm is like... It like grew like six inches and he's just got the metal ash hand, which I'm fine with. The weight makes it seem the, oh, the weight pulls it, it down a little bit. It makes it look. And they're on a different planet, so the the gravity yeah. is different. Great. <laughs> also, how many white people are from Buenos Aires in the future, and how many of them are not German Nazi descendants? Who wants to field that, Taylor? <laughs> I, I, a lot of blonde, blue-eyed people in Buenos Aires high school. I think when you publish this podcast, you need to uh, publish a Venn diagram alongside it, kind of showing <laughs> that that uh, the crossover there, the, the math, yeah, World War Two, where everybody's fleeing, and uh, obviously Hans Gruber uh, was a distant cousin of these guys, oh, of course, because uh, we know Simon was blonde and uh, loved riddles. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> So I, I guess uh, one thing we haven't touched on is the fact that this uh, this movie is an adaptation of a book. Yes. But, uh, it, you know, the movie is satire. The book reads as very pro-militarism. Um, whether it was intended to be that way, I, I don't know. Really not worth discussing on the podcast. But if you, if you read it, it supports that type of society. Yeah. And it's funny to see ways they've referenced it in the movie, for instance, when Johnny's character in the book is talking to his dad uh, and his dad's like, you know, they're, they're convincing you to 
try and join. He goes, no, actually, they tell you you're not good enough. And his his dad is not an idiot in the book. He he tells him, he's like, look, r- remind me to tell you about reverse psychology. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>, idiot. <laughs> um, That's you know, how they get you. Yeah, small things like that. Which, and back to the school thing, I love that they had everyone's grades on a huge screen that everyone could see. Yes. Like, ah, oh, Johnny got 35 in math, you fucking moron. Like, those kind of little things were very pushing to the military complex of, yeah, you, you, you're you not, uh, you're not super intelligent. You'll be the first wave. Yeah. Actually. In, so in the book, he, he applies and he gets to rank all of the potential jobs he's going to have, what he would most like to have and what he would least like to have. And he puts infantry last. And so they go in to interview him after he's taken his tests and they start asking him all these questions about a position. And it's not until basically at the end that he realizes, A, it's the position that's one up from the last one he wanted. And B, he has clearly completely failed to qualify for it. So he's <laughs> going to be in the infantry. It's it's pretty great. Well done. Yeah. Well done, Johnny. Stay in school, kids. Yeah. NPH is a federal psychological program or psych. He's, he's psychic. Psych? Do they just psychic. call it psych program? Yeah, the psychic program. It's the games and theories guy. Uh, I mean, he pretty much was the uh, the Bill Murray Ghostbusters cards thing we mentioned. Yes. And then at the end, he can apparently psychically connect with the what they call the brain bug or the smart well, bug. Or- he was also he he psychically was the one that let Rico know that Carmen was still alive. Yeah. That's the reason that he suddenly knew. I know she's there, and. I know for a fact she's alive. I don't know how I do, but I do. It was because of uh, NPH. Well, I mean, huh. at the beginning of the movie, NPH could uh, psychically connect with his ferret. So, yeah. And That's he true. says, That's I can't true. do humans yet. yet. He got his White Castle. He was good to go. Doogie's the man. Let's see. Uh, White Argentina commercials. Mormon extremists. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little contradictory. They <laughs> Sort of. I don't remember when they mentioned that, but I've got it written down because <laughs> yeah. the fact that they so, said Mormon extremists is so they were phenomenal. doing one of those little newscast the things, and they're like, "Oh, Mormon extremists ignored the uh, the warning signs of settling on Clandathu, and yeah, and it's, now they're all dead. It's clearly just a group that wants to go live on their own and practice their religion, but they're being painted as these extremists for doing that. Well, that explains all the white people. Um, Going on that, the public lashings were apparently a big thing in the future. Yes. Um, and public da- executions. Corporal punishment. And available on all channels at 6 p.m. Would you like to know more? Yes. The The dad mentions the lashings early on, and I was like, is that a real, like, option? And then we see, which I loved, the black uh, sergeant major or gunny or whatever whipping the very white Casper <laughs> Yeah, Bandine. Uh, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy that a lot. And the, the, the camera angles there are just ridiculous because they make him look huge. Yeah, they, they knew what they were trying to do. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, so uh, I was thinking of this earlier. One really funny scene that stood out to me. I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't think it was intentionally supposed to be funny, but it was when, uh, after the first attack on Clendathu, um, when you think Rico is dead, yeah. Harmon and her co-pilot guy go and they're looking at the list of the dead and in the background you see this dude with just all this blood <laughs> on his face and he's kind of peeking up trying to see and someone just comes and gives him a huge shove out of the way and just pushes him completely to the side 
And then the poor guy is still just standing there trying to just, you know, see if his And then as he's over there, Denise yeah. Richards, like, leaves and pushes him again. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> feel really bad for that guy. I, ho- I hope he made it. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> um, Gary Busey in this movie. Or Jake, Jake, Jake Busey. Busey. Sorry. They're so similar. I, I, I always love seeing Jake because the first time I saw him was in Frighteners, and he was... That's a whole other podcast, but he was great in it. And contact, he was a great, crazy person. Oh yeah, and he was, uh, he was amazing. In this, he was trying to do more of a uh, support straight man role. I don't know why they shoehorned the violin into. I, I assume he can actually play violin. Is why they had it because there's no other reason for there to be a violin anywhere near any of the things they were doing. He was just trying to showcase his talents. Unless they're just like this is the Alamo. This it, is so. This is back before you had shows like America's Got Talent and all of that. So yeah, Jake Busey thought, well, I'll, I'll bring my violin on set. I'm gonna play it, and then serious directors that want to make some period piece about a violinist will see this and they will cast me. The world will fall in love with my yeah. violin talent. <laughs> and I mean, I we we same smile. We certainly did. I mean, I did that green space violin. Hell yeah, I'm in. I, I, I do hope he kept that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was a box. Go have fun. Here's beer, a violin, and a football. And yeah. Gary Busey, God damn it, Jake Busey, he's just he's he's in my head. Gary, also, Gary's always there. Did you guys notice there's always this kind of fun futuristic sound effect when they throw that particular type of football? Well, it's a titanium football, so. Yeah. It's clearly made out of unobtainium. I don't know, maybe aluminum. I, I mean, they did manage to obtain it. I mean, this is after all the avatars, right? Yeah. It would have to be, yeah. Because they were around uh, Jupiter at this point, just hanging out. Yeah, this is, this is after they've strip-mined that planet. <laughs> um, I also like the, uh, the the co-ed showers. Oh, yeah. I remember loving that the first time I saw this when I was, I don't know, 14, 13. Uh, with, uh, what, what would you say the other girl was from? Uh, Dizzy was from? Uh, the Devil's Advocate. Yes. Devil's Advocate. Which, yep. uh, so fun. Another fun piece of trivia about this movie, um, and I, I knew part of this before, um, but apparently when they were filming it, Paul Verhoeven, the director, and also the, um, I think it was the uh, head videographer, both also got naked to make them more comfortable. And I knew that part, but I didn't realize that it came about because she was the one who instigated it. Like they, they were like, "Oh, what, what are you guys uncomfortable?" She's like, "Why don't, why don't you get naked?" <laughs> and they did. They well just played. wanted to get naked. Yeah. I mean. So, yeah, everyone the, everyone on set, I guess, must have been naked at that point. Uh, it is like Michael Stevens' house. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, another thing I like, we talked about this in, um, oh, man, one of our other podcasts about the future ships where it's, the the Ridley Scott big dumb buttons and everything looks goofy, which this is a little bit older, um, so you get more of a pass. Do you remember what that movie was that we had that conversation about? Um, Turbo Kid, maybe, and uh, Phantoms. All the useless uh, buttons, oh, and yes. the screens, yeah. yeah. But they, I mean, when you see them in the spaceship and stuff, it's all these big dumb buttons, and they're just clank 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 and hitting like four of them, and then. You got your DOS screen and you've got your uh, screensaver because none of the screens ever change. They just repeat the the spiraling 
3D model. Um, very uh, dumb future stuff. It just, it, it was fun to remember how dumb it was when everybody was like, no one knows about like science or computers or anything, so we'll just do whatever we want. How do we make this bridge more exciting? Let's put a spinning cylinder behind the captain. Yes. With no indication of what it's for. Just says danger. Yeah. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Dear Johnny letter. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a Dear John letter. Um, I just. Savage. I, I enjoyed it. That and my a last. brutal. My last. I think this is my last big note here. Um, other than as a woman. Was uh, how easy it was to get a tattoo in the future versus everything else. And it, they acted like it was the most painful thing. Like they had had uh, uh, bug parts in their bodies. Yeah, I mean them. he he literally got a, his leg vagina sewn up. Yeah. yeah, and he's crying and wincing in pain over a little laser work. And he got a. It, it looked like it was a tattoo that in our time would take three or four hours, and it took him about fifty seconds. Right, so all that pain is uh, happening at once. I mean, the guy's got a laser beam shooting his arm. I would have two full sleeves, a huge chest piece. If it only took 10 minutes to do all of it. Oh, okay. yeah. You forget about pain. I'm going to remember that. And if Ask, tattoo technology uh, moves I'm down. leaps forward during our lifetime, for it. We're going to make this happen. Ask any woman yeah, who <laughs> has had a child, you forget about pain. You forget. You forget the pain part. Tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Right. What else you got? I've got a couple things here. The first of which being every single one of those, like, oh, what is, what are the old books that, you know, we used to get back in junior high where you could like select your own destiny. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what it felt like in Command and, Co- Command and Conquer. Oh, yeah. yeah with the, Style, uh, with the, the video commercials game. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like that is, I feel like they stole that from the video game. If you want to run it, through the barn, go to page 86. If you want to run through the field, go to page 92. Yeah, but, like, uh, that Command and Conquer game was the same way. I, was, you I pay, mean, we're you, talking, like, 91. I mean, yeah. When those eh, came out. Wasn't, You're talking wasn't about that the, early. It was about 90. The uniforms? 93, well, like, you could choose your side. You could choose, yeah, you yeah. know, you get to certain areas and, you okay, you pick this one. You, where do you want to go fight? What yep. mission do you want to go do? Um. And it was the same, like even some of the that eagle symbol symbol. That symbol can't talk tonight. Yeah, symbol. It's the symbology of it. So Master of Namiology. I'm gonna veer completely off topic here for a second because you just made me think of this. Uh the sequel to Command and Conquer, uh, Red Alert. I love that you, game too. If you put in one of this the uh the CDs to play it and put in a special code, it would open up a different campaign where giant ants were attacking. And you'd have to go through and fight the ants. And it was the best thing ever. Do you have that code? Because I still have the game. I don't. But I'm sure a uh, quick search on... I'm sure uh, Google could help me yeah. out with that. Any search engine can find it. I yeah. probably still got it. Did, did you guys I, know about that? I did not know about it. I did it, not know about it. I'm pretty sure I own all the games, too. Oh, so great. Because like the uh, the fire ants would shoot fire. <laughs> so they... they <laughs> kind of like the bugs They've read the book, movie. then, huh? Yeah. Of uh, Starship Troopers. Uh, yes. Yeah. They knew what was coming. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, I remember just sucking at that game really bad. And also, it was like right when Metallica's Load came out is when I was playing it. So, it's like 96. 
95, 96, something yeah. like that. Yeah. The the key was make a lot of Tesla coils and the giant tanks and you were good yep. to go. Yeah, I was just playing it while porn was downloading in the background because it took two <laughs> hours to get one picture. That was my entire premise of playing that game. And then you got a computer virus and the system crashed. I threw away a lot of my grandma's computers. Yes. <laughs> so there was there was that the um man, the Live fire and firearm usage drove me insane. There the, the drill? Zero safety protocols there. You took the helmet off like it was going to stop a... Yeah. Or when they stood in a, a circle. A rifle round at point blank range. They stood in a circle and fired inward. And I know you pointed out they were firing slightly upward. Doesn't there, matter. There, they there were still angle. in a circle facing each other, firing inward. No, they're just creating some good crossfire. Okay crossfire but yeah so like e- even in the training barracks which they're I mean, it was know. boot camp essentially yeah. they were still in boot camp right right and there there's firearms like they didn't know what the armory was there's just firearms laying around everywhere and i'm pretty sure they stole it from aliens because that looked just like an M- there was a lot of aliens a, a lot of alien stuff in this yeah it's well, I, I, they, I think, they copied like three dozen scenes from Aliens, at least. I, I think that, um, you know, the people running those camps probably assumed, all right, these recent high school graduates are in at least their seventh decade. They'll, they'll be able to figure <laughs> out safety. <laughs> well, well, life expectancy outside of Buenos Aires is like 2,000. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be. So That's why they're also old. They don't start high school until they're in their mid-40s. Um. Well, the last note I have is that Clancy Brown, God love him, he's been in a lot of our, he's almost been, probably has been as many as Nicolas Cage has been in, in the movies we've watched. I think you're right. He's shown up a lot. Um, this was one of those first roles I remember seeing him in and being like, oh, I like that guy. Uh, the yelling of the medic. And then at the very end, he demoted himself so he could go and fight. And then he's the one who, quote unquote, helped capture the uh, brain the, bug. Uh, that was a tick with a butthole. Clearly. Or another orifice. <laughs> yeah. That was very frothy. You know, uh, James, if you're listening, it was frothy. What? Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> You know, Clancy Brown really is iconic in this movie because if you guys are anything like me, uh, and I, you know, I'm, nope. so, I'm sorry if that's the case, uh, <laughs> then you get really excited anytime you have the opportunity to yell "medic." Any, anytime there's any situation where someone is slightly injured or even appears to have um, come near to stumbling, you could just yell "medic," which I have definitely heard you yell "medic." Oh, you multiple definitely times yeah. in the last fifteen years or however long I've known you. Yeah, and it's usually funny because people are bleeding in the floor, but <laughs> it's funny when they're not as well. Yeah, oh, that just makes it funnier. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's a little bit, a little bit more. Adds a little color to the situation. Tongue in cheek, if you will, yeah. because <laughs> they've bit their tongue off yeah. through their cheek. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris, you got anything that we missed on this? Uh, any references to the book, maybe? Where are we looking? No? 
Um, all right, what else you guys got? Uh, th- I do want to throw out how insane that book is in some uh, some respects. So I have to check it. Is it just one or is it a series? It's just one. Okay. Um, and I have it at home. I can. Uh, I, I've got a paperback I can bring next time I come over. Um, it starts out. So first off, there there are not just two two races in the galaxy. There are multiple. There's not and, just Argentines and other right, people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so humans are are at war with the bugs. But it kind of starts out where um, Johnny and his group are being dropped on the planet of this other race that is kind of supporting the bugs politically. And just they're just like dro- like destroying everything around them. You know, just throwing bombs indiscriminately, uh, causing mass, mass casualties. Um, no communication, I'm assuming. Right. Like one of the things the races, they do yeah. is they throw a bomb that um, – just does a, a a countdown from like sixty in the alien language, and they throw it into a building packed with people, um, you know, things like that. It's it's just it's crazy because this is very um, it's normal to him. He's like, oh yeah, we're just we're doing this, um, and this is gonna get them to stop supporting these other guys in this war and let us yeah. win. I, um, I guess I miss the uh, the political antics of the bugs in the movie. Yeah, it's. Um, you don't see the asteroid they threw straight into the super white Buenos Aires, and they do destroy. Yeah. They do. Nine, they do destroy nine million dead. True and counting. Is that before or after they fired the uh, plasma farts? Yes. <laughs> There'd already been a uh, human interaction with them before that. So. Oh. Your comment about just randomly lobbing alien grenades into buildings and such. Yeah. Um, they're completely unrealistic use of nukes in this movie. They were literally treating nuclear, miniature nuclear warheads like grenades. Yeah, pocket tactical nukes. Yeah. I guess I missed that one. The, that was on the day we covered burritos. That's right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the new, they're the new RPG, didn't you know? That's the uh, the Fat Man from uh, the Fallout series. You just chain one of those off and take out six or seven people and move on. Can we, um, we, we should have done this earlier in the podcast. Can we just have a moment of silence for the, the cameraman who never stopped filming during the invasion of Clendathu? Even as everyone was torn apart around him, and eventually he himself Including was himself. torn apart, he was still filming while he died. Yeah. That's dedication. Okay, that's long enough. He died doing what he loved. <laughs> did he? <laughs> I don't think he knew how to do it. Probably not. He, he wasn't good at it. He didn't, he didn't even know how to run away. <laughs> and it was very shaky. Yeah. I don't know. This uh, brings back a lot of uh, nostalgia. This is an old one. Um, like we were talking about last time we watched one of the old creature features. Uh, we don't do, we haven't, we haven't done a lot of horror movies lately. Um, so it's fun to see like a B sci-fi movie about bugs. Um, just it's nonsense. Especially one that features a line such as your enemy cannot push a button. If you disable his hand. Also being friends is a really big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in this in this new <laughs> world order. Co- coincidentally, nobody they fought in the movie had a hand to push a button. That's a good point. That's they why were, they, they were only Starship focused on fighting bugs. That's and three and four. 
That's because Clancy Brown got there first. <laughs> so That's how he captured hands. that motherfucker. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Um, yeah, anything else, gents? I mean, I, I I could talk about this movie all day, but I think... There's lots of, there's lots of little things in there yeah, that, yeah, are, yeah. that are fun. Um, I, I do want to say one more thing about the uh, the healing goo that I liked. We had an entire walkthrough through the medic unit, and people <laughs> were, like, dying. Their legs were torn off. Their arms were torn off. They had the guy that got shoved out of the way was just blood all over his face. They had no anesthesia. Yeah, they're just screaming, and then you no morphine either. You, you turn to a room that's got Johnny in it, and like the uh, the Darth Vader vat, and the, the little things working on his legs. Like you'll be out in two days, buddy, and they're just laughing, even though their whole unit got murdered. Um, <laughs> Johnny included. Yep, it was hilarious. They were all suffering from main character syndrome. Indeed, which lucky for them, they were the main characters. They, de- they definitely well, lived jo- Johnny was longer. Also, I'm glad uh, Amy came back at the end. Oh, yeah. Amy, that, that was a smart move. <laughs> Even though she got there second oh, you at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amy, Amy Smart had two scenes, and now she's a star. Or she was. Or she says. I don't know. Is she still moving, doing movies? I don't know. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen her since Crank. She's she's had a whole bunch of small roles, and, you know. Supporting roles of supporting actors. Ah, Indeed. As a woman, I don't appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Ryan, anything else I'm missing here? We want to. No, like David's, I I could talk about this movie all day. I've seen this thing 37 times at least. Um, It's a fantastic movie and absolutely hilarious. And how? Um, Yeah. All right. Well, we'll take it at that. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that everyone that's listening to this has seen this film because it's it, it's a cult classic, if you will. Uh, but if you haven't, go check it out. It's ape shit. Totally uh, worth it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, thanks for listening to Talking with Words. You can go to robgilchristbooks.com for more or anchor slash Rob Gilchrist. Uh, you can go to Ryan and David's OnlyFans in the dark web, and uh, we'll be back with more. Thanks for listening. Skeletron. Skeletron. Shit, I forgot.